Chapter 1 Introduction In 1859, Charles Darwin published his influential work on the origin of species, which detailed Darwin's ideas about how life had developed on Earth. Darwin described a process by which he believed that life on Earth had developed from lower forms of life to eventually produce humans, through a process which he termed natural selection and from which his overall theory would become known as evolution. He developed many of his insights from a journey taken aboard the HMS Beagle to the Galapagos Islands off the western side of South America, whose isolation prompted Darwin's curiosity as to why the islands had developed such unique species. It led Darwin to have the insight that a species' environment had led to the organism developing characteristics that would enable it to survive in a competitive natural environment hence the title of his most famous work, The Origin of Species, which indicates that a given species can develop slight organic differences from the wider class of genus that it belongs to in order to survive in a given natural environment. It is important to remember that any classification of the natural world, at least on this planet, is a human one, and that entails any number of shortcomings. Maybe the most important one of all, and this applies to any attempt by humans to understand the natural world, is the human desire to simplify, to overgeneralize, to make everything add up, to make sense. When life began on Earth, maybe about four billion years ago, it began as one-celled life in the oceans. Why life began at all from base chemicals is a mystery that man may never be able to solve. And then to develop into more complex organisms becomes even more mysterious. Nature seems to be motivated by a desire to develop complexity in order to provide the best possible circumstances for a given form of life to preserve itself. But why is this never enough? For most forms of life are prey for other forms of life. In other words, for a given life form to live, it must consume another living creature. Here we come to an essential weakness of Darwin's theory of evolution, which we will examine. If evolution is providing a given organism with adequate genetic adaptations to survive in a given environment, why are basically all creatures, except for perhaps great white sharks and redwood trees, still subject to be eaten by other creatures? Why hasn't evolution created the perfect creature yet, if it is nature's intent to create organisms that are made to survive in a given environment? For life on Earth to continue, it depends on the creation of organisms that are adequate to function in a given environment, but not immune to becoming prey. So, for the theory of evolution to claim that life on Earth is on a course where creatures are being led by natural selection to adopt the best adaptations to survive in a given environment is false, because if that state were ever attained, life on Earth would cease, because every creature would be immune to attack and so could not be eaten by another creature, which is a necessary condition for the cycle of life to continue. Say you do agree with the theory of evolution, and believe that one day the earth will be populated by fully evolved and vulnerable creatures. You would still face another problem with the related central tenet of evolution, which is that the strongest organisms are mating, and so are passing the most fit genes to the next generation, which will enable them to become even more invulnerable than the previous generation in a given environment. There are a few problems with this conception. First, if only the strongest or the fittest of a given species are reproducing, 
then why are average organisms, say average humans, reproducing? If it was nature's desire to have only the fittest humans mate, the average person would not be reproducing. And say the fittest humans are mating, then why are idiots, in the clinical use of the word, and other mentally and physically challenged individuals born to genius parents? Oliver Wendell Holmes, Jr. perhaps had the most famous quote that illustrates this fallacy when he defended the practice of the forced sterilization of the mentally challenged by saying, three generations of idiots are enough. Of course, contrary to the claims of the evolutionary theory, geniuses, and just regular extraordinary people, have been born to idiot parents. So these are just a couple of examples by which I intend to show in this work that Darwin's theory of evolution does not in any real sense explain how life developed on Earth.